and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my free training, The Three Legal and Tax Mistakes Made by New and Experienced Business Owners and How You Can Avoid Them. Here's the thing. There's a few key things we've all got to do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And on today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of story time. So several episodes back, I shared some sections from my book, which hopefully, fingers crossed, will be out and available for sale next week. And so today, I'm going to read you half of chapter one. So we'll do half of it today. I'm going to read at least half of it tomorrow. So it'll be super fun. So without any further ado, let me dig in here. I'm wondering if I need to give you all any any context for this but probably not because it's chapter one. You're gonna miss the introduction, but you can buy the book and read that in a couple weeks. So chapter, uh, oh, let me, let me scroll up to part one. So we'll start with part one, introduction, the introduction to part one. I'm rambling, so let me get started. Part one, I hope you're ready to get this party started. We're diving straight in with part one. In this section, you learn how your taxes are actually calculated. There will be math. So grab a coffee, buckle in, and make a commitment to stick with me. It'll pay off later, I promise. Why start here? The best way to unfuck your biz is to know the concepts before taking big action. Since I teach both law and tax, I break down the fundamentals accordingly. We start by exploring important nuances of U.S. tax law that apply to small businesses. What I teach in part one is what we should learn in a week of high school economics, but we don't. And there's no crass crash course on tax basics when we start a business. You may be tempted to skim or skip the first few chapters of this book, but here's my plea for you not to do that. Let's look at some hypotheticals for a minute. Assume that you get an inheritance. Some guy tells you it'll be taxable income to you. First question, what does that mean? Second question, what does that mean for your quarterly business taxes? You may assume they're two separate issues, but it's a domino effect. As I write this book, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 stay-at-home order. In the past week, I've had two web designers schedule consultations to ask me why their primary clients are asking them for W-4s to put them on payroll. Those companies slash clients received PPP, Paycheck Protection Program loans that must be used to pay salaries, not contractor payments. Thus, the web designers must temporarily go on payroll. But that leads to a broader question. If I'm on payroll now, but go back to 1099 payments later, how does this affect my quarterly taxes now and my tax return next year? I don't expect you, even after completing this book, to have a detailed knowledge of these topics such that you could give a full-blown presentation. 
My goal is that you learn enough tax basics to form an intuitive understanding that guides you to the current answers when you get questions like those I mentioned. With that goal in mind, let's get rolling. Chapter one, show me the profit. In this chapter, you learn how to actually find business profit. The first step in knowing how much you personally owe in taxes each year. And I get it, that may not sound like a blast. I never promised this would be Harry Potter level enjoyment. And while there's no Quidditch, Triwizard Tournament, or Battle of Hogwarts, I promise it'll be the most fun book you've read on law and tax for creative service-based small business owners who enjoy titles with swear words. Schedules and forms. Imagine a tax return as a giant binder full of forms. We're talking about a hundred or about a thousand pages. Each form has a number or letter, form 1040, schedule C, schedule E, and so on. The first form is the 1040. The form 1040 is like the cover page. It's a snapshot of your tax return. It asks for your name, address, social security number, and spouses and children's information. In the bottom section of the form, it asks for your W-2 income, business income, and other areas of income and adjustments. If we assume you have simplistic taxes, for example, say you get a W-2 and no other income, nor wish to take any other tax benefits, you could just for, fill out the form 1040, sign it, attach your W-2, and mail it off to the IRS. That's your completed tax return. However, most of us need more forms. If you have a child, you'll claim a child tax credit on line 18B of the 1040. That will direct you to the schedule 8812. So you'd flip to that schedule in our hypothetical binder and fill it out. If you're a student, you want to claim the American Opportunity Credit on line 18C of the 1040. That line directs you to flip to the form 8863, so you find that and fill it out. If you're reading this book, you likely have self-employment income. As you scan through the 1040, you'll notice line 7A asks for, quote, other income. To calculate other income, you must fill out and attach a Schedule 1. You flip to the Schedule 1. It has a whole host of lines as well. Line 3 asks for your business income, but to find business income, you must flip to the Schedule C. I explain this form in more detail shortly. It's like a Russian nesting doll, but less fun. In college, I visited Russia twice. I was a Russian language and political science major. I thought maybe I'd be a diplomat or a jet-setting international businessman. Turns out I could have been. As a tax attorney, I took a lot of niche courses in international tax. In between hikes and looking at oil spills in Siberia, the second trip had environmental focus. We visited several outdoor markets where women hand-carved, hand-in-hand-painted matryoshka, Russian stacking dolls. You could buy sets of five all the way up to sets of 50. Your tax returns are like Matryoshka straight out of a Russian market. For some of us, it's like an inception of 100 forms. For others, there's just a few. For all of us solo non-corporate business owners, the Schedule C is one of those forms. You fill out the Schedule C, find your business income, and plug that into line three of the Schedule One. You finish the Schedule 1 to find your other income. You take that total and plop it back onto line 7A of the 1040. You can imagine the number of forms you'd be flipping to in the binder if you own multiple businesses, rental properties, and investments, and claimed other more unique tax benefits. When you use a program like TurboTax, the program asks you questions and lays out the process in a more digestible way. 
the software transposes that information onto the proper tax forms. You provide an electronic signature and it bundles up your own unique binder of tax forms, the relevant ones, and submits it to the IRS for you. When you hire a tax pro, it's a similar process. They'll likely use more sophisticated programs and bill you by form. Makes sense, right? The more complicated your taxes, the more information they must gather and the more forms they must complete. It's like those ladies in Siberia. The more stacking dolls in the set, the more they charge, more labor equals more costs. Now imagine you file your own tax return. You get a call from the IRS and the agent says you, you're a 50 stacking doll kind of taxpayer, but they only got 49 forms. Or you might get a letter saying something like blah, 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 blah. Please complete IRS form 8962 and fax it to 555-ugh taxes. That's scary. Are you getting audited? Did you fuck it up? What's going on? In this case, what most likely happened is if you self-filed, you forgot to check a box, maybe answered a wrong question, or maybe there was an issue with the tax software, less likely, and the program therefore did not complete a certain form. Form 8862 deals with the health insurance when you have a plan through one of the exchanges. If, for example, you stated on your tax return that you have private insurance through an employer, you wouldn't be prompted to fill out that form. The software would not include it in the binder and the IRS may come knocking to get it. What do you do? Google the form, fill it out, and mail it to the IRS. If you get stuck, there's probably a YouTube video that can help. You may or may not owe a difference on the tax. If you do, send in the payment, boom, you're hopefully done. Now you may be thinking, why is this the logical starting point for this book? Because when I toss around terms like Schedule C or W-2, I want you to simply understand that those are tax forms, but they also carry significant meaning. Two types of IRS forms. I mentally separate IRS forms into two categories. First of all, are the informational forms you get to help file your taxes, the 1099s, W-2s, K-1s, and the like. These forms are completed by a third party and issued to you, and you report that information on your tax return. For example, a 1099 reports payments that are not wages. If a web design company hires a graphic designer to do contract work throughout the year, that company will take a tax deduction for the amount paid to the designer. The IRS wants to verify that a reduction in income by one person correlates to an increase in income for another person. The IRS does this with 1099s. If a company files a 1099 for you, but the IRS does not receive a tax return matching that 1099's info, the IRS now has an inconsistency that can trigger an audit, letter, request, or phone call to, to collect taxes on that unreported income. K-1s and W-2s serve the same purpose. These are informational forms. The second type of tax forms are those that are part of the tax return. These are forms like the Schedule C. Schedule C. The Schedule C is the form you or your tax software fills out to report your business income if you are a sole proprietor or single member LLC. If some smarty pants ask you if you file a Schedule C, they're effectively asking if you're a sole prop or a single member LLC. We will talk more about what a sole prop actually is in part two, but here's the gist. If you don't have a business partner and you haven't formed a quote, formal entity, like an LLC or a corporation, you'll be a Schedule C filer. Before continuing, take a second to Google IRS form Schedule C, open it, and give it a quick skim.
you'll see that it asks for your business name, employer ID number, which is also called the EIN, accounting method, income, cost of goods, and various expenses. If you're ever confused about how your business profit is calculated or what may or may not be deductible, it's always a good idea to start with the forms to get some insight. The lines in the expense section of the Schedule C show common categories and what's allowed. Every IRS form also has a set of form instructions. These instructions tell you how to fill out various lines on the forms. Look at line 23 of the Schedule C, for example. You'll find this is where you report deductions for taxes and licenses, but maybe you don't know what the IRS considers to be deductible. You can Google the IRS Schedule C instructions and go to the section on line 23. It will tell you, you can deduct the following taxes and licenses on this line. State and local sales taxes imposed on you as the seller of goods or services. If you collected this tax from the buyer, you also must include the amount collected in gross receipts or sales on line one. That part of the instructions lists several other taxes, but also goes on to state what you cannot deduct, including federal income taxes. 1065s and 1120s. Partnerships S-Corps and C-Corps actually file business returns. We will talk more about this distinction in later chapters. But for now, just know that they use different forms. S-Corps file an 1120S and partnerships use form 1065. All right, friends, that is all of the reading I'm gonna be doing today. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Let me know, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know uh, how good the quality of this audio sounds and whether I should also record my own audiobook. Super curious to hear your thoughts, your feedback. Would love for you to tune into the podcast tomorrow where I will be sharing the second part of chapter one. That's all for now. And I hope that you have a great day. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.